as well as they hear the word this morning. We pray all of this with confidence in the name of Jesus. Amen. Two thousand years ago, many people heard the voice of Jesus. Many people. From an invalid in Galilee and a woman in Samaria to a Roman governor and the entire Jewish council in Jerusalem. In all likelihood, tens of thousands of people heard Jesus speak over the three and a half years during which He ministered. At some, on some occasions, He spoke to 5,000 people or more, right? 5,000 people or more. Whether you were far away in a crowd or you were up close and personal, many people heard the voice of Jesus. But what about today? What about now? Do people still hear the voice of the resurrected Jesus today? Consider the following accounts. While laying on an acupuncturist table ten years ago, Fiona Finn said Jesus spoke to her and that the experience was proof that she had, and I quote, like Deepak Chopra, achieved Christ consciousness. In 1998, when she was four years old, Art prodigy Akiana Kramarik claims to have seen Jesus in a vision, a vision in which he told her to draw and to paint the visions she was seeing. Her painting of Jesus entitled Prince of Peace was completed when she was eight years old and sold a few years ago, just a few years ago, for $850,000. In 2018, North Carolina pastor Brian Finley, during a sermon arguing for the ordination of women, described how Jesus had recently spoken to him. And he said to him, I'm coming for my daughters. Last year, a woman in Taita, Kenya, claimed that Jesus spoke to her in a dream telling her not to take her children to school Because school is evil and against the will of God. Also in Africa, back in 2015, a Nigerian bishop, Oliver Doeme, described how Jesus had appeared to him and communicated to him that praying the rosary would soon bring down the terrorist group Boko Haram. And if we go back just a little further in time, Some of you may remember how televangelist Oral Roberts claimed back in 1980 that he had been visited by Jesus. Not any Jesus, but a 900 foot tall Jesus who told him that he would lift his financial problems and that his city of faith medical center would indeed be built. Now, based on those very interesting (laughs) or in some cases questionable or in some cases seriously misguided examples, you might be skeptical about people hearing the voice of Jesus today. But let me reassure you, wonderfully, 
Jesus has spoken, is speaking, and will continue to speak in and to our modern world. Do you believe that? Jesus has spoken, is speaking, and will continue to speak in and to our modern world. We can be sure of that. The question is not, are people hearing the voice of Jesus today? The question should be, how are people hearing the voice of Jesus today? And what exactly is He saying? So turn with me with that in mind. Turn with me to John chapter 10. Many of you are already there. John chapter 10. We're looking at verses 22 through 27 this morning. We'll pull in the rest of the context, but 22 through 27 is where we are going to pitch our tent together. So I'd encourage you to look for, actually, I'd encourage you to listen for, listen for what this passage tells us about hearing the voice of Jesus. At that time, verse 22 At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. Remember how John, as you're going through the Gospel, often breaks up the the text by indicating feast days of the Jewish people. Passovers, right? The Feast of Booths, Tabernacles. Here we have the Feast of Dedication. So you can kind of break some of the John into sections that way and track where the author is going. At that time, the Feast of Dedication was the one that was taking place at Jerusalem. in Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple. He was specifically in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and they said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness about me. But but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Let's stop there. You've probably heard the phrase before, Christmas in July. Well, guess what? This is Hanukkah in July. Yeah, this is Hanukkah in July. Hanukkah is the same winter celebration that we read about here. It's called the Feast of Dedication. That's Hanukkah, verse 22. But notice what's happening during this particular Hanukkah. Jesus is once again engaged in a conversation with a group of Jews who are questioning him or quarreling with him. Because as we saw in our Bible reading plan this past week, this happens quite a lot in John chapter 6 through 10. Go back and reread it. Look, scan it if you want to at some point or, or this morning. Sometimes that group is called the crowd. That term is used 11 times in John chapter 6, uh, 6 and 7. And at other times, John simply refers to the Jews. The Jews. A term used 21 times in John chapter 6 through 10. In many cases, the Jews refer specifically to the Jewish religious leaders, but that's not always the case. 
you need to look at the context and and try to make sense of it that way because sometimes the context does help us clarify who john has in mind like we just saw um earlier it wasn't here or in our passage but even in our passage it's not completely clear who these jews are that he's talking to a larger group might be in view now i point all of this out because john is clearly presenting here and he's deepening a contrast at this point in his gospel. Chapter 6 through 10, it comes through loud and clear. There is this contrast concerning how different people are responding to the voice of Jesus. Different responses to the voice of Jesus. Let's consider that contrast as we think about this bigger, this broader idea of hearing the voice of Jesus today. Consider with me four ideas presented here about the voice of Christ. Let me give you a roadmap. First of all, we learn, we're going to learn that his voice is a deeply familiar voice. Second, that his voice is a heart quickening voice. Third, that his voice is a life-giving voice. And finally, fourth, that his voice is a far-reaching voice. I'll have those on the screen in just a minute here. Let's begin by focusing in on verses 26 and 27. Again, we're looking and trying to understand what we learn here about the voice of Jesus. We learn here, first of all, that the voice of Jesus is, number one, a deeply familiar voice. Look at the terms indicating familiarity there. Verses 26 and 27. 27. My sheep, Jesus says. My sheep. I know them. I know my sheep. But in verse 26, there's a contrast, isn't there? You see that? You do not believe because you are not among my sheep. You are not among my sheep. Verse 24 makes it clear that these Jews were asking Jesus to do what? To clearly identify Himself as the Messiah, the coming King, the expected King from David's line. They wanted Him to make it plain. Now, Jesus had made it plain in this Gospel, but He had made it plain. The only place He's made it plain, I believe so far, is to a woman in Samaria in chapter 4, verse 26. But here in verse 25 of chapter 10, uh, we're reminding, Jesus is reminding His listeners that He was regularly pointing His listeners to His works, to the miracles He performed, to the signs He presented. He was doing so because that supported, powerfully supported, the things He had already revealed about His divine identity. He was telling them these things. I'm the light of the world. Right? He was telling them, I'm the water of life. I'm the bread that came down from heaven. You must believe that I am He. That I am. He had been telling them these things and He's pointing them here to His works. He's like, I told you who I am. And my works have been telling you over and over again. They've been testifying about Me to you. But their overall response was what? continued unbelief every sign unbelief unbelief in general why is that because they were not familiar to him nor he to them 
They did not believe because they were not familiar to him, nor he to them. That might sound strange to you. And, and many people, times people read over this quickly and they don't understand the import of what's being said. But that's exactly what Jesus is saying. Because if you move backwards in the passage, in the chapter, I should say, back up to verses 3 through 5 of chapter 10, we find a, a, a fuller treatment of this idea of familiarity. Take a look there with me at verses 3 through 5. He says, to him, the shepherd of the sheep, he said in verse 2, to him, the shepherd of the sheep, the gatekeeper will open. He's going to open that gate. The sheep hear that shepherd's voice and he calls his own by name and leads them out. Familiarity. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his Voice, familiarity. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I love that. This is not in my notes, but I love how that speaks to what John would later write in his first epistle, saying, you have an anointing upon you that protects you. You have an anointing upon you, readers, that will keep you from error, right? You don't, you don't need anyone to teach you. He's talking in a general sense. Not that they don't need teachers, but in a general sense, ultimately, the Holy Spirit is at work safeguarding them. Because if they hear a voice they don't recognize, they'll run. They flee. That's the anointing. That's the protection. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So the shepherd is deeply familiar with his flock, as we see here, as we heard in chapter 10, verses 26 and 27, and they with him. They're familiar with him in a profound way. They know his voice. Did you see that? They know his voice. As Jesus would later tell Pontius Pilate, take a look, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Chapter 18, verse 37. But what does it mean to be of the truth? How can I be of the truth? Who are these sheep mentioned in chapter 10? Those that listen to the voice of Jesus. Well, that leads to our next point. The voice of Jesus is, number two, a heart-quickening voice. It's a heart-quickening voice. I see Jesus making that point in verse 27. Take a look. Verse 27. How do these sheep respond to His voice? It says that they follow Him. They follow Him. Their hearts are quickened to follow Him. And we saw that same response in chapter 10, verse 4. But wait a minute, how does this imagery actually translate into real life? I mean, all of us can put that like pastoral picture in our head. Doo, 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 doo. Little brook, babbling brook, green grass, right? There's the sheep, there's the shepherd. It's serene, it's peaceful, right? We can have that in our mind and we can see the sheep actually following the shepherd as he's walking, bringing them down to the water, keeping them away from the, the cliffs, you know, protecting them. But what does that look like in real life with real people 
following a real Lord, a real King? Well, to answer that question, we need to remember the whole focus of this path, the focus of our main passage. What's the overall focus? What was happening in 22 through 27? Well, the issue here in 22 through 27 clearly is belief and unbelief. Right? It's belief and unbelief. Specifically in Jesus as the Christ. Jesus as the Messiah of God. That's the clearly stated issue here. As Jesus told the Jews in verse 26, you do not believe in me. You do not believe I am the Messiah, the Son of God. You do not believe because you are not among my sheep. That's why you don't believe. Now, wait a minute. Is he saying the Jews were not among his sheep? No. We already know that many Jews have already believed in the gospel of John. That's not what's being said. No, Jesus is talking here about specific individuals and maybe in general about the people as a whole, right? Because he's already said this in John chapter 1. He came to his own people and his own people received him not. Do you remember that? John chapter 1? That's John's estimation overall. That's kind of the bigger idea here. But we see it specifically with the people he's talking to. They did not believe because they were not among his sheep. Now, please don't miss what's being said here in light of this context. The response of the sheep in verse 27, in contrast to those in verse 26, is a response of faith. Belief and unbelief. Faith and lack of faith. Faithlessness. They follow in faith. The sheep follow in faith. That is, following in this context is synonymous with saving faith. I just want, I want to make that clear. You may have already gotten that, but that's not always clear to people. Following as sheep is synonymous with being saved, right? With saving faith. That's the heart quickening response that we see here. You see, trusting Jesus Following Jesus does not make them part of his flock. Trusting him, that heart quickened response of faith actually indicates they are already part of his flock. This is what people often miss. But it's clear when you really look at all these passages, it's very clear. Faith is an indication that they already belong to Jesus. They're already part of his flock. But wait a minute, <laughs> how could uh, how could sinful people like us, pre-repentance, pre-faith, how could we already be part of his flock? Aren't we enemies of God? Right? Aren't we hostile in mind towards God? Aren't we God haters, as Jesus will later say in, I think, chapter 14? If they hate me, they hate my father as well. How could we already be part of his flock? Ah, because John 6 has already described this. He's, John 6 has described that we are those who have been given to the Son by the Father. We are that group that has been given to the Son by the Father. Take a look here. John chapter 6, verses 37 through 39. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Sound familiar? Yeah, because they've heard the shepherd's voice and they know it. Right? That's just saying the same thing, different language. 
All that have been given to me, the Father gives me, will come to me. They're going to respond to the shepherd's voice. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's the Father's will. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing, that is, no one, of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. You see, those who come in saving faith are those who are already given by the Father to Jesus. You see, they're already designated as part of the flock of God. But they need to hear the shepherd's voice, don't they? They need to hear the shepherd's voice and that heart-quickening response takes place by the grace of God. And this language, it's this language that leads us to another point. John also describes here how the voice of Jesus is number three. Take a look. A life giving voice a life-giving voice look at the next verse after our main passage that would be 1028 1028 very next verse jesus tells us this about a sheep i give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand how reassuring right how confidence inspiring is that but what's he saying there? He's already said it in John 6, the, verse we, the verses we just looked at. What did he say? He says, I'm never going to cast out any that are mine. And I'm not going to lose any that are mine. Isn't that what he's saying here? No one can take you from me. No one can snatch you out of my hand. I give them life and they'll never perish. This is simply affirming what we saw in chapter 6, verse 39, that I should lose nothing. But please don't miss how this shepherd, this good shepherd, chapter 10, verse 14, this good shepherd, please don't miss how his heart quickening voice leads us to life. That's where we're being led to life. You might recall from the prior week's reading how Jesus promised the same thing in chapter 5.25 and it includes a reference to His voice as well. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Now, later in that same chapter, He'll give reference to physical resurrection. But I think the context in the language here means he's talking about those who are spiritually dead. Right? And they'll pass from death to life when they, when they hear in faith and their heart is quickened. They'll be brought to this place of life. Whatever you might be tempted to believe in light of your own inclinations, in light of your own imagination, in light of your own appraisal, of the world's lies, the degree to which you accept those lies, those lies about genuine life. I think God's Word tells us that genuine life, meaningful life, unshackled life, enduring life, what this Gospel calls eternal life, is only found when we turn to Jesus. That's the only place the life you are looking for is found. And only the voice of Jesus can give us that life. 
His call to you can give us that life. A life in which we are led in love by Him both now and one day right into the presence of God. Isn't that wonderful? How beautiful. The voice of Jesus calling us. And that brings us to one final point. The voice of Jesus is also, number four, a far-reaching voice. A far-reaching voice. Look how encouraging this is. Verse 16, chapter 10. Verse 16. It reveals to us that these sheep belonging to Jesus... He says, it reveals to us about these sheep belonging to Jesus. He says, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will do what? They will listen to my voice. So there will be, as a result, one flock, one shepherd. Who are these other sheep? That's the question. What, is, what, what does he mean by this fold? Well, if you were growing up when I was growing up, then you might have you might have seen on TV that these other sheep are are the people that inhabited America, according to the Book of Mormon. Right. Oh, this is the other sheep. Right. These are the Nephites. These are the people that he had to go speak to and the Lamanites. He had to speak to about this. Well, We know that's not the case. We know that's not what's being said here. We have clues within this gospel and we have the consistent witness over and over and over again in the New Testament that brings us to the point of understanding that the distinction made between folds or peoples in the New Testament is between Jew and Gentile, Jew and Greek. And here, very clearly, Jesus is talking about the fold of Israel. That means the other sheep are the nations that he's talking about here. The Gentiles. Just as we heard about in our main passage this morning, verses 22 through 27. Among the non-Jewish peoples, there are individuals who belong to the flock of Jesus and there are individuals who do not. Among those other, among those, uh, those other sheep are, they are the ones who will respond, but they're part of this larger fold. The incredible reassurance that we discover here in verse 16, for those of us who are not Jewish, the incredible reassurance is that this is what Jesus is telling us about the voice, his voice, the shepherd's voice is not constricted to a strip of land in the Middle East 2000 years ago. That it's a far reaching voice. That there are other sheep that Jesus would call to himself. But of course, here in chapter 10, this is the end of closing in on the end of his ministry. When would he call these other sheep? Well, we'll talk about that coming up. The incredible reassurance that we discover here in verse 16, though, is for those who do belong to his flock. From these other sheep, he says this, I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. Isn't that wonderful? Does that encourage you? Right? He's going to get every last sheep that's his. I won't lose any, he says. And when I, got, when I have you, nothing's taking you away. Nothing will snatch you out of my hand. I'll, I'll lose not one. They will listen to my voice, Jesus says. If you're here this morning and you believe yourself to be a genuine 
Christian, a born-again believer, a true disciple, then according to John chapter 10, you are someone who has heard the voice of Jesus. You've heard the voice of Jesus Christ. Let that sink in for a minute. Be in awe of that fact. Give thanks for that. You have heard the voice of Jesus. You see, in contrast to some of the strange claims made today, and you heard about some of those, (laughs) just a fraction, in contrast to these claims made today about the voice of Jesus, as our passage makes clear, we're not ultimately talking about actual sound waves emanating from the vocal cords of Jesus of Nazareth. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that. As I mentioned at the outset, huge numbers heard that voice and continued in their unbelief and continued to turn away. No, really hearing the voice of Jesus is about really hearing spiritually. It's about really hearing the gospel, the good news about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. That amazing message has drawn in sheep for over 2,000 years. The voice of Jesus has reverberated throughout this world and down through the centuries calling His flock to Himself. No matter their background, no matter the language they spoke, no matter the color of their skin, no matter the way they dressed, that voice has drawn in the flock. Therefore, based on what God has shown us this morning, let me suggest for you a summary statement. Take a look at this. Hearing the voice of Jesus is a grace-enabled, wholly personal embrace of gospel truth that results in eternal life and eternal living. Let me say it one more time. Hearing the voice of Jesus is a grace-enabled, wholly personal embrace of gospel truth that results in eternal life and eternal living. Grace-enabled. God has done what we never could do. He gives life to the spiritually dead. It's not of us. He quickens the heart. It's not about what I can do heart-wise. Therefore, because of that, He gets all the glory. Amen? Through this good news, the voice of Jesus is drawing sheep drawing men and women, drawing boys and girls from all over the world. Now we might ask, if someone does not believe, does that mean he or she is not among his sheep? No, not necessarily. Some who reject at first will later believe. We know that to be true. Some who reject at first or reject the third or fourth time will later believe. We just don't know. And we don't need to know 
What we need to do is be faithful to what God has called us to do, which is to share this good news. And when we do that, we trust that the voice of Jesus is going out. That the voice of Jesus is doing its, His amazing work in this world. Quickening hearts. Giving life. Amen? Holy personal. Holy personal. As Jesus speaks today, He is calling you to trust. Not simply that He is Lord over all things, but that He is Lord over you. You. Not simply that the world is condemned for its spiritual rebellion and indifference, but that you are condemned for your spiritual rebellion and indifference. And that He suffered on the cross not simply for sin in general, but for your sin. Not merely for a general forgiveness, but to cover every single one of your sins. Best of all, He wants you to know not simply that He is loving, but that He loves you. You, specifically. You. I believe truly embracing these things, these truths, personally, wholly personal, I believe truly embracing these things results from that familiarity that we talked about, that inward recognition of Christ's voice. When we, when you hear the Gospel, you hear His call and you recognize it as the very thing that you've been waiting for all your life. As the very One you've been waiting for all your life. Jesus. My sheep know My voice. My sheep know My voice. Now you may be thinking, But what about the situation that I'm facing today? What about the situation? What about my ever-present struggle? What about this crossroads that I'm at? I need to hear the voice of Jesus about these things. I want to hear from Christ today about these details, about these specifics, about these unique or uniquely personal things to me. Am I telling you this morning... That Jesus will not spiritually communicate with you and will not lead you in those areas. I'm just talking in general ways. Is that what I'm telling you? No, it's not what I'm telling you. What I am saying is this. What I believe this passage is telling us is that biblically, scripturally, hearing the voice of Jesus always begins with the revealed Word of God and specifically the Gospel. That's where it always starts. Whatever confusing situation you are facing, whatever wound inside of you is throbbing right now, whatever sin is clinging so closely, whatever regret is knocking at your door, whatever spiritual dryness is chafing you, whatever burden you are carrying, let Jesus Christ, speak to you this morning through the Gospel. Hear Him speaking through the good news. Listen again to His words about sin, grace, love, 
forgiveness, peace, belonging, security, identity, eternity. Those who have heard His voice will continue to hear His voice. Amen? What reassurance we have. And with both feet firmly planted on God's revealed Word, that Word that always and ultimately brings us to the Gospel, we are then oftentimes able to discern the voice of Jesus in the particulars. The voice of Jesus in the specifics of my life, of your life. Does that make sense? We start with the revealed word that always brings us to the gospel. And we allow allow the gospel to speak to us, the voice of Jesus speaking through the gospel to saturate our hearts and minds. And we find then oftentimes that through that, Jesus graciously leads us in the particulars, in the specifics of, challenges or whatever we might be facing jesus has spoken is speaking and will continue to speak today maybe you're hearing his voice for the very first time maybe you sense his call even now if you are then trust him trust him follow him receive the eternal life that he died to give you let me close with the words of the Scottish writer and hymn writer, Horatius Bonner. This is from his song, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say. Listen and consider if this expresses your own heart and your own testimony. I heard the voice of Jesus say, I am this dark world's light. Look unto me, Your morn shall rise and all your days be bright. I looked to Jesus and I found in Him my star, my sun. And in that light of life I'll walk till traveling days are done. Amen?